in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. This is Spouting Off Monologue, segment one for November 19th, BBS Radio, in five, four. And welcome to Spouting Off. Happy to be with you, Karen Cataline. I'm your host. And uh, it's a Friday again, folks. I love doing Spouting Off Fridays because Friday is Cash Friday. So go out, spend some cash, and if you want, you could make a Cash Tuesday and a Cash Thursday and a Cash any other day. Uh, Cash is king, they say, but... The government wants the government to be king, and that's why they want to take away your cash, (laughs) both in spending uh, and in general. Did you see the $1 trillion spending package, and they wonder why there's, God forbid, runaway inflation just in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas? Uh, There's certainly, as I so often say, no shortage of things to talk about, but Today, I have another one of those juxtapositions, the good, the bad, the ugly, the bad first, and it's very bad. It's stunning, but there's really good too. So hang with me while I uh, compare and contrast these two things. Yesterday, I noticed a story. This is out of truthbasedmedia.com. Headline, I can't even say it, but I will. Your driver's license will become a vaccine passport. Notice they're doing to us. They're not doing for us. They're not representing us. They're doing to us against our will and against our consent because that seems to be the order of the day for everything they're doing. Here are the basics. U.S. states are increasingly rolling out digitalized versions of driver's licenses that go way beyond what a driver's license is about, quote-unquote. An international standard for mobile driver's licenses and mobile IDs. Notice it's always central planning, central planning, central planning. Uh, An international standard was approved for publication August 18th, 2021, Only a couple months ago, ladies and gentlemen, did the propaganda media report that no because they knew it wouldn't be very popular. Clearing the way for global use. Mobile IDs will act. I'm spitting it out on purpose because it makes me so angry. As a digital identity that will ultimately tie into retail, healthcare, law enforcement, and travel sectors. Didn't the left scream bloody murder about being asked to show your papers? Now, all of a sudden, they're on the front lines of making it happen for you. It'll happen for them, too. They just don't know it yet. I'm talking about the people on the bandwagon. Ultimately, the IDs will also act as a, read it here, vaccine passport. And notice how they put it, making it easier 
to display whether you've gotten a COVID-19 injection. And is it any of their business? No. Is it their business to force you? We've covered this before. Force you to take an injection of an experimental drug? No, it is not within their purview. And any other future injections that come about in order to go about your daily lives? Some have speculated, more than just some, you know, we're living in the age where conspiracy theories six months ago are truth today. Not all of them, but enough to cause you not to sleep well at night. Some have speculated that the introduction of digital IDs and vaccine passports in the U.S. is laying the infrastructure for a social credit system like the one being used in China. Make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, a social credit score means you answer to the government for everything. Your most uh, great necessities, food, water, shelter, everything, you must answer to the government. Gee, sounds a little like full-blown communism to me, courtesy of the Chinese. And if you speak against the government, something that is a protected, God-given right in these United States of America, you could be prevented from shopping for groceries, buying groceries, using, being able to buy and sell, as Christians know from the uh, Mark of the Beast thing, which, as you know, I'm not a Christian, but if I were one, I'd be thinking we're living in some evil, evil times. As it is, Jews do believe in the evil inclination and the good inclination. And right now, there is a heck of a lot of evil out there. I still have good news for you, though. And I am encouraged, although we're all watching this unfold together. So just to be clear, uh, the presidential potted plant told us there would never be vaccine passports. Well, he was the last to find out, of course, of course they were going to be vaccine passports. Of course they want to institute a social credit store score with them in charge. Is it any surprise to anyone that people who would push an experimental vaccine and, and sit idly by, no, using bullying and intimidation to take away people's livelihood, their businesses, their small businesses, their careers... And to have such disrespect for life, health, property, all of it. It's all part of the Great Reset. People in the know know this now. We're watching them do exactly what they said they would do, which is the surveilled society, the surveilled society with you as the guinea pig. This was so horrific. I just, you know, every day it's a new horror with people who have appointed themselves Lord and Master over the rest of us. Uh, if they want to be God in their own universe, fine, but the problem is they want to be God in yours as well. So this, among other things, is what is looming. Could, could be the whole reason for the vaccine. We don't know. What we do know is it's a horrific, horrific mess. That's what it is. And it all fits together, sadly, like a glove. It's all fitting together that they, I mean, God knows if, if some of the, the greatest dictators in the world had had this kind of technology, 
And we don't even know if they have all that technology yet, but you know that is where they are going. If they had that technology, you know they'd use it. Okay, let's get to the good news because I don't want to waste any more time on the bad. There's enough of that. This is incredible. This made me happy, and I'm behind it 100%. I'm going to post it on my website. I will find a way to post it so you can share it. Huge exclusive by way of one of my favorite sites, the Liberty Daily. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, that's spelled V-I-G-A-N-O, calls on people of faith to unite in a worldwide anti-globalist alliance get this, to free humanity from the totalitarian regime. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? The Gateway Pundit. There's a video. I couldn't pull it up. Gee, we're living in in the day and age of censorship. We should have known right away, and many people have, that as soon as the government acts to control information, control what you are allowed to think and feel and believe and question, you know you're entering into totalitarianism. Entering, I say. Okay, but I want to get to this appeal for an anti-globalist alliance. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, and we need to spread it around to people of good faith, people all around the world who really understand what we are up against. Frankly, I don't have the time for people who don't at this point because they're contributing to the problem. The people running around with rags on their face, symbols of submission to show their submission to whatever the government wants you to do, whether it's to jump off a bridge, turn around three times, and then before you walk into a store or show your papers, uh, take an experimental vaccine, which is against the Nuremberg Code, uh, you are, are signaling that you will roll over for anything. But here we have Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, Vigano, however you pronounce it. Please go to thegatewaypundit.com or go to my website, karencataline.com. You can find it, you can download it, and you can spread it around if this has legs. In my opinion, the reason I'm so excited about it is because We need a global initiative to counter the global evil that is upon us. Let me read the beginning of this to you because it is beautiful. For two years now, we have witnessed, we have been witnessing a global coup d'etat in which a financial and ideological elite has succeeded in seizing control of part of national governments, public and private institutions, the media, the judiciary, politicians, and religious leaders. I'm skipping down. The global coup d'etat deprives citizens of any possibility of defense since the legislative, executive, and judicial powers are complicit in the violation of law, justice, and the purpose for which they exist. I move on. I call upon rulers. This is quoting Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. I call upon rulers, I like that word, rulers, political and religious leaders, intellectuals, and all people of goodwill. I don't think rulers are of goodwill, but I'm editorializing. Inviting them to unite in an alliance that launches an anti-globalist manifesto, refuting point by point the errors and deviations of the dystopia of the new world order. Wow. 
I, I'm skipping down. I invite all those who want to defend traditional Christian society to meet together in an international forum to be held as soon as possible in which representatives of various nations come together to present a serious, concrete, and clear proposal. Uh, and it goes on, but I'm running out of time. We do not accept our adversaries' adversaries' rules because they are made precisely to prevent us from reacting and organizing an effective and incisive opposition. This is beautiful. Last paragraph, and please download it. Let us found this anti-globalist alliance. Let us give it a simple and clear program and let us free humanity from a totalitarian regime that brings together in itself the horrors of the worst dictatorships of, of all time. If we continue to delay, if we do not understand the threat that looms over us all, if we do not react by organizing ourselves into a firm and courageous resistance, this infernal regime that is establishing itself everywhere will not be able to be stopped. And the best line of all, and may Almighty God assist us and protect us. That gives me hope, ladies and gentlemen. It gives me chills on the back of my neck because that's what we need all of us to stand up in just this way and let them know we're not going to tolerate tyranny. We will not comply. I have to take a break. I have a terrific guest for you. Stay tuned. Karen Cataline, this is Cash Friday here on Spouting Off. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Looking for even more great conservative talk radio? The K-Star Talk Radio Network is a Christian-owned, alternative conservative news and talk radio internet broadcasting network. They have a full line of programming about spiritual, political, social, economic, financial, and health-related topics. And their goal is to encourage critical thinking about the issues of the day. The K-Star Talk Radio Network features great shows like America's First News, The Keith Hansen Show, Erskine, and Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Check out the whole schedule at their website at kstarradionetwork.com. Time could be short for a free people to share ideas in a free society. K-Star Radio Network is fighting a spiritual war on an earthly plane. Visit them today at... KstarRadioNetwork.com. Interview with Sharon Polk. Take two in five, four. Welcome back to Spouting Off. I'm your host, Karen Cataline. You know, as a host, <clears throat> I love talk radio. You all know that. Uh, I get to interview all kinds of fascinating people from pundits to commentators, uh, but I treasure the moments when I can talk to, I hate to call it even everyday people, they're the people out in the trenches experiencing stories and stepping up to the plate, and sometimes they're the best interviews ever. 
I'm hoping that will be the case this time. I'm delighted to welcome Sharon Polk, who answers to being an everyday citizen. She's a former teacher, and she started getting involved in ways that all of us can. And I think her story is very inspiring, and she's learned a lot in these last couple of years with the corona uh, stuff. Welcome to Spouting Off, Sharon Polk. Thank you. It's nice to be with you. It is great to be with you, too. And my listeners know that I am a Texas transplant. I would never say that I'm a native because I'm not. I'm more of a uh, naturalized Texan. But you come by uh, your Texas roots the old-fashioned way by being born and bred. Is that right? That is correct. Good. I can hear that marvelous accent. What I've learned, Sharon, over time, and I'm still learning, is that Texans are among the nicest people I have ever met. But don't mess with them because they're tough. (laughs) Have you found that too? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will tell you, you don't have to be born and bred here to be welcome to Texas. You see what I mean? You're, you're so nice and that's, you're nice, but, but, uh, very knowledgeable. So Sharon, you started paying attention, obviously when we're going on two years with this, this, uh, Corona madness. Yes. That's an editorial comment. And you told me off the air that you got involved way back when, uh, and, and so tell us how your journey started. Well, back in um, January, February of 2020, before the vaccine was approved, I had a group of friends, and we're all teachers except one. She's a biochemist. And we decided that there was something that we needed to know more than what was being told to us about uh, the coronavirus and treatment and just going straight to a vaccine that automatically set up a red flag for us. Uh-huh. And so we started investigating and searching the websites and looking at videos and, and just looking at the, uh, the CDC and what they had to say and really searching through that. They've got a lot of information, but you have to dig. Mm-hmm. And Sharon, did you go ahead? Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. It's for all diggers. <laughs> <laughs> You're diggers. And nowadays, you know, our motto is question everything. Uh, I express an opinion like everyone else, but I don't expect anybody to take my word for it. I expect them to decide for themselves. Uh, we're on the side of Liberty where everybody has an opinion or as they like to say, opinions are like derriers. Everyone has one. Um, but bigger than others. <laughs> what, what I, some people got hip to it faster than others. What did you think when they said 10 days to flatten the curve and almost two years later, we are still running around and have people with masks. Things have only escalated. What do you think back then? Well, at first, 
with the mask, I, I had already questioned the mask. It didn't seem logical that the kind of mask that we were seeing worn by people and what we were wearing was going to stop any kind of virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed to me just like we were being good little sheep. And so we yeah. did it because we were told to do it. And, and, you know, basically most of us are compliant. As a teacher, we expected our students to be compliant. But um, so we did it as good little boys and girls. Yeah. But what, um, when the vaccine came out and they started touting that everybody get the vaccine, and I had been looking at videos of these wonderful doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough, like Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Paul Maverick, Ryan Cole, mm-hmm. uh, Vladimir Selenko, all these, and they were talking about treatment. And the idea that we go straight to a vaccine and we don't treat people that are sick. Mm. And I had friends that were getting sick, and I'd say, well, what did they tell you? To monitor my symptoms. Don't come in. Just monitor your symptoms. And I had been, and my team, we had been looking, and we were looking for outlets besides Doctors that would just turn away people and say, monitor your symptoms. Mm -hmm. That wasn't working out well for people. When does it ever, Sharon? I mean, when, when ever do you call a doctor and, and they say, well, you know, you could end up in a hospital, but monitor your symptoms. And if you're ready for a hospital, call me. I mean, is that what was going on? No, go to the ER. Yeah. Wait and go to the ER. What? Yeah. When you can't, when you can't breathe. Mm, mm. When you and, said, you said team, you have a team of people. Tell me about that. Well, I just, it's just friends and associates that I've known for 20, 30 years that, um, I've never been a follower and I want to, I want information. I think it's just part of being a teacher. Uh-huh. We just speak beyond what's the circus and want to know what's going on below it. And so we uh, just had a group that had the same uh, feelings that I did, and we just put our uh, minds and time to it mm-hmm. to research and find out information that we could share with our loved ones and help them not be in the situation where they were just monitoring their symptoms. Right. And ending up in the ER, and what we found was most people that entered the hospital didn't fare too well, and most of them didn't come out. Wow. Yes. So that was not what we wanted for our loved ones and friends. Right. And you, in the last couple of years, have learned quite a bit more. Everybody can hear just how knowledgeable you are. You've you've uh, studied up. Before we get to this story, because we have a little time, you know, uh, that you you advocated for someone who was in the hospital with COVID. Um, and that is a story people are going to want to hear. But before that, give us a couple of highlights of what you learned along the way that, uh, I don't know, didn't ring true to what you were hearing, say, in the media? Well, first of all, I became suspicious when you couldn't even have a conversation on Facebook about treatment. We'd start, I would, you know, get into a thread where people were talking about what kind of treatment, and if you did, then we would get censored. 
Or if I would put a video of like Dr. McCullough, Peter McCullough, who was um, is a cardiologist and he was with Bader Medical School and I mean, just a wonderful gold star doctors as those doctors I mentioned were gold star and held in such high esteem until suddenly they were advocating treatment, but all we were hearing was vaccine. And when you can't even get a video out there without them taking it down and say it was misinformation, mm-hmm. which was certainly not true. So yeah. I began to suspect. Yes. I mean. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just. If, if there is, you know, but first of all, doctors is do no harm and hold to the Hippocratic Oath. And I was seeing doctors turn away people and hearing of it. Mm. And I was on a thread one time, and it was all over the nation. And I remember people in Michigan were saying, you know, well, what are you doing? And I was telling them the protocol and that early treatment was important and that they need to have a plan, not to wait till they were sick, but be ready, know the plan and follow through. But you're going to have to search for someone that will treat you. So your job before you get sick is to find a doctor that's going to treat you and have a visit, whether it's telemed or whatever, have a visit and find out what are you going to do for me if I get COVID? Mm -hmm. Sharon, we're talking to Sharon Polk, an everyday concerned citizen who stepped up to the plate and has learned a lot along the way. Um, Sharon, you said the operative word there. I mean, one day life looked normal. The next day, the entire country was shut down and almost immediately people were walking around with rags on their face. It happened almost instantaneously. But when, when your natural human concern was met with censorship, um, and you, you used the most important word. You were suspicious. Why would compassionate concern and treatment of a, of a virus be met with censorship? Tell us about that a little bit, because I think that is what woke a lot of people up early. Well, this is probably going to sound old hat. But you hear it quite a bit in the media now when people are discussing follow the money. Ah. Um, I believe, and for the first time, I'm living in America, and I've always been such a patriot. And I still am. I believe in this country. However, I know there are forces that are controlling things that it's evil. And it, for the first time, I realized people were not as important as profit. Mm. Mm. And I think this whole thing has been driven by profits. And I was just uh, reading yesterday that Pfizer, Moderna, and I don't remember if it was another uh, pharmaceutical group, make a thousand dollars second. That's a tough place to take a pause, but that's just what we're going to do. We're going to take a pause. We, we are just getting started with Sharon Polk, 
who is a concerned citizen who's educated herself, and she has a lot of information to share. Can you hang on with us, Sharon? I'm hanging. Good. Hold on. This is Karen Catalina. You're listening to Spouting Off. We'll be right back after this. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Catalina. This is Karen Catalina, host and producer of Spouting Off. Got an opinion, a guest suggestion, or a show tip? Follow me on Facebook or Twitter and let me know your thoughts. All you need is to know how to spell my name. It's the same on Twitter, Facebook, and www.karencataline.com. Karen is spelled the normal way. No goofy Ys or Qs. K-A-R-E-N. And Cataline is spelled K-A-T-A-L-I-N-E. Want more Spouting Off? You can find the complete archive of Spouting Off shows at www.karencataline.com. All my op-eds and blog posts are there, too. That's www.karencataline.com. Thanks for listening, and if you have a moment, please spread the word about Spouting Off. Segment two with Sharon Polk in five, four, three, We're back. You're listening to Spouting Off here on the BBS Radio Network and the K-Star Radio Network today. We're talking to a concerned citizen who stepped up to the plate and has much to share. And I bet you you know people in your sphere of influence who uh, have stepped up to the plate too, who are watching out for friends and family and educating themselves. Sharon said early, I've never been one to be a follower. And that seems to be what helps us all is, is to have people who step up. Welcome back to the program, Sharon Polk. Thank you. Thank you. So when we uh, cut to the break, you were talking about following the money and Pfizer making $1,000. Say that again, and uh, we'll pick it up from there. I'm, I apologize. I'm not sure of the strand of pharmaceutical companies, but it was Pfizer and Moderna for sure. Mm. And it's estimated that they make $1,000 per second on the vaccines. Wow. Sharon, what do you make of this uh, public pressure, not only to push the vaccine, which is one story we can get into on the side, but to suppress the use of cheap, effective, found to be effective drugs and demonizing them as if public opinion are now doctors and they can tell you that you ought not to use hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, whatever else is on the market that people are using. We're not allowed to do things on our own anymore. What do you make of all that? Well, I think there has been so much pressure on doctors and to tell you the truth, threats for them to lose their license if they go against the grain, which like Dr. Peter McCullough, he testified at the White House at Senate saying that never in his life as a doctor 
had he seen more instances on that scene than on treatment. And um, he was just saying that he felt like his fellow colleagues had blood on their hands mm. because there are so many people that didn't have to die because of the suppression of viable drugs. And he said, we've always used off-label. And for some reason, they, you know, it w- they were not allowed. And they were suppressed and threatened. Mm. And I have a doctor that I've used for over 30 years. And it's almost like we're family. And one of her head nurses, we've always, you know, talked openly. And, and I had her personal cell phone. And I called her and I said, I don't understand why our doctor's not standing up. And she said, because she's threatened of losing her license. Mm. Well, some of these brave doctors have stood up and treated anyway. And I, she's a wonderful doctor, but I have to say it hurt me to know that she was, you know, succumbing to it. Mm. Dr. Paul Merrick at one o'clock this afternoon in Norfolk, Virginia, was in court trying to get back his ability to use his protocol in the hospital. at, uh, And he has a suit against um, it's a health care group. Let's see. I want to name them. I'm not being very nice about that, but it's... Um, no, no, it's okay. Intera Health. Care. Say that again. Sintera Healthcare, uh-huh. yeah. Virginia. Uh, they are calling the shots for the hospital, and he's not allowed to use any of his protocol, which has shown to be highly effective. And there were people outside the courthouse proclaiming him, and that you know, let him let him be a doctor. Let these doctors be doctors. And he, he said all he ever wanted to do was to save lives. Mm-hmm. You but s- that's, that's not the goal. What is the goal, do you think? Well, you know, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I have some ideas because I know there's powers that be and with a lot of money. And, you know, money in this world seems to a lot of power goes with money. And that I, you know, I have a strong faith. I, I'm a Christian. And I believe that um, God's the one who decides about life and death, but there are people, you know, with money and power that believe they have the right to decide. And I think some of it was population control, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You're not alone in that thought. And whether I agree or disagree, you're allowed to think what you want. You're allowed to question what you want. Uh, I th- Don't you think it makes more suspicion that suddenly in the United States of America that it's been the beacon of free speech, free expression, marketplace of ideas, all that, that suddenly we're not allowed to think certain things, we're not allowed to question certain things. Uh, Doesn't that make you more suspicious? Does me. Oh, absolutely. In every aspect of our country, Mm -hmm. whether it comes to small business owners, you know, it's like COVID wasn't at Sam's or Walmart, mm-hmm. but COVID's at the independent 
the small business owners. Mm-hmm. They had to shut, but you could keep open Sam's and Walmart and the and the large China based mm-hmm. uh, market. Mm-hmm. Well, how is that? Well, and they don't. I don't feel like we're independent thinkers are wanted in this country anymore. Uh-huh. They want us to join the bandwagon, and yeah. so. I just found out, you know, I've been suppressed for 90 days on Facebook for posting something. I don't know what it was, but I almost felt proud. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, you've arrived. You've arrived. Um, I've arrived. And you mentioned that you have a strong faith and that you're a Christian. And we all lived through this, Sharon. We all watched how suddenly, brazenly, and arbitrarily, you could, they wanted to shut churches and synagogues and places of worship down, but they kept the liquor stores open, right? Yeah, and Walmart and all those. Yeah. You know, all the big stores, the big chains. And we're all watching this saying, what are we going to do about it? But you did something. That's how I kind of met you peripherally, uh, you had a friend, a a member of your church who ended up in the hospital with COVID. What did you do? Well, I'm pretty bold sometimes. And if I have a passion about (laughs) it, I'm going to go for it, you know, and I think, what can they do to me, you know? (laughs) So um, I talked to his sister and I, I spoke with him and they were both kind of shy people. Well, I'm not. <laughs> and I said, you know, if you don't feel comfortable talking at the hospital for what you want done for your brother, because at the time he was really not clear headed enough to make many decisions because he was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, well, yes, I would like for you to speak for me. So I became their advocate in a way that I set up an appointment to go and speak to the doctor or someone in charge about his treatment. Hmm. And so I went to the hospital and I met with with one of the charge nurses and uh, we talked about his treatment and what they were doing and also the wishes of the family that he was not to be put on a ventilator or to have remdesivir. Mm. And when I said the word remdesivir, it was like, you know, how a dog parks their ears for mm. sounds. Yes. It was kind of that kind of reaction. And a comment was made, well, I think his sister's just been watching too much media. Huh. Wow. You know, and I didn't say anything. I just said, well, that mm. is, the wish, no remdesivir. And um, at that time, they said that he would be in the hospital for 7 to 14 days. Hmm. And then they get a call the next day that he's being released. Hmm. And um, But he was still sick. But I think because they couldn't do the remdesivir, I think they thought, well, you know, there's nothing that we can do. He might as well go home. 
so when you didn't follow the protocol that they wanted, you were not wanted. Do you feel like he was denied treatment or, uh, or what? I, I feel like that there's only one protocol. And if they don't, if you can't use that protocol at the hospital, then you're out of luck. Hmm. So I've told so many people, try not to go to the hospital. There are treatments, but you've got to advocate for yourself. You know, we used to put our lives in the hands of the doctor and say, oh, they're going to take good care of us. But now their hands are tied and some of them are too fearful to untie their hands and do what they know they need to do. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't take charge of your own health care, then I'm afraid unless you find someone that will treat you, you better self-educate yourself Mm -hmm. because whether vaxxed or unvaxxed, which I feel like is a choice for the person, Mm -hmm. vaxxed people are getting COVID just like unvaxxed. And there is, this in Texas, there is a hotline, the Texas Infusion Center hotline, where you can call if you have a positive COVID test, and you can take that test into that center without a doctor's referral or anything, and you can get a monoclonal antibodies infusion. And that has been, I think that has saved a lot of lives, in addition to some other drugs that are used to help, you know, build the immunity and fight the various areas of this virus because it has more, it has the viral aspect, the inflammation aspect, the uh, clotting aspect. Mm -hmm. And And you've, you've educated yourself about all of this. You don't have medical uh, training, but you're smart and you're not afraid. Um, we're going to have to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with Sharon Polk, and she can share more of what she's learned, not only about remdesivir, but what people can do all over the country to advocate for their own health care. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. You're listening to Spouting Off. We'll be back. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Do you have a secret that's been bothering you? Have you been wondering if what you're thinking or feeling is normal? Is there someone with whom you've needed to clear the air, but you haven't been able to find the right words? Sometimes you need an objective, second opinion to help you see your problem more clearly. Ask Aunt Emma, and she'll help you move past what's getting in your way. She's a former therapist who is wise and caring, but instead of therapy, she'll give you terrific advice. It's free to ask Aunt Emma and explain your need, problem, or question. If you both agree, you pay only $1.39 a minute. It's anonymous, it's confidential, and you'll be surprised at how effective it is. You can Ask Aunt Emma by going to facebook.com forward slash askauntemma. There, you'll find her phone number and extension number. That's facebook.com forward slash askauntemma. Ask Aunt Emma today. Are you among the millions of Americans who feel uncertain when it comes to their health care? We are happy to inform you that there is a solution, and that solution is Liberty HealthShare. 
It's a community of like-minded people who work together to pay for their medical costs. You choose your doctor and hospital. Starting at $107 a month for a single, up to $449 a month for a family. That's mom, dad, and all kids. For more info, visit libertyhealthshare.org. That's libertyhealthshare.org. Interview with Sharon Polk. Take a third segment in five, four. Welcome back to Spouting Off. I'm your host, Karen Ketteline, and I am inspired by listening and talking with everyday people who've stepped up to the plate and have said, look, I'm going to learn about this on my own. I'm not going to believe the media. I'm not even going to believe my best friend. I'm going to think what I want and and believe and learn what I need to learn about this new thing. Uh, thank you so much, Sharon, for, for the generosity of your time and for staying with us. Appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. And you have such a great story to tell. So this friend that you advocated for and was released from the hospital after he rejected his family, rejected remdesivir, you weren't related to him by blood in any way, were you? No. See, that's so cool. That's caring for each other in ways that we can all do. What was it about remdesivir that you... uh, didn't think was a good idea, and the families seemed to agree. They did not give their consent for that. In researching and just talking to people that I knew that went into the hospital, I had a, a, a my son's friend. He was fully vaxxed. He went into the hospital, and he they intubated him pretty shortly and started him on disavere and he was not doing well at all. And I talked to the mother and I said, will they give him ivermectin? I mean, it was like last hope things. Mm. And, and they weren't able to give him ivermectin for two days and he was doing better. And then they gave him no more and they wouldn't give him anymore. Oh. Wow. And he died. And tw- he died. At 27 years old. 27. And that was, was that the primary diagnosis? COVID-19? Mm-hmm. 27 years old. Did he have other illnesses or was he perfectly healthy? Well, he was, he had uh, some issues, but um, again, it was one of those cases where it was monitor your symptoms. Huh. It was not an early treatment. And, the fact is, you eat, with remdesivir, it may work early, but they've also seen that it damages the kidneys mm. and the lungs. Yeah, and it's it's not a a um, drug that's been around very long either. Mm. Sharon, and, go ahead. Sorry, I'm always talking I'm at the same kidding. time. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. But anyway, um, and. I was just getting from the FDA says, you know, they were asked to release information about the vaccine, um, why they approved it. And they just recently said in the last few days that it will take 55 years for them to release the information that guided them in approving this vaccine. Gee, that's not suspicious, is it? Not at that's all. Not suspicious at all. So we're all a bunch of guinea pigs, and uh, and they'll tell us in 55 years 
yeah. what information they use. Ah, there's nothing suspicious about that. Now, what's interesting, Sharon, is the conversation we're having about COVID-19, about alternative treatments, about remdesivir and the rest, is considered radical renegade and misinformation by the people who point fingers at you and me or others and tell tell you you're practicing medicine without a license, but aren't they practicing medicine without a license? Who died and made them God uh, to decide what people can take or not take into their own body for their own health? Used to be in America, that was acceptable. Now, not so much. What do you think about that, Sharon? Well, I just, again, I just say follow the money. It's all about money. It's not about people. It's not about, you know, maintaining uh, families and not suffering death because no one will treat them. It's about, it just disappoints. I mean, I don't even have words to say how I feel about this because it's so You're doing great. You're doing great. It's just so frustrating to know that people I know have died because they couldn't get treatment. Um, and I know things work. My husband and I got COVID March 2nd of 2021, I guess. Because we started researching in mm. February, January and February of 2020 mm-hmm. at the end. Right? And so it's been um, over a year. Right. Over a and, year. And so, but we had already had, we had our plan in place. And we were diagnosed on Monday, got treated on Tuesday. Uh, we had the monoclonal antibodies. And we were mm. taking vitamins and aspirin and uh, erythromycin and ivermectin and you know that yeah and by friday by friday we were done now i did lose my sense of taste and smell but within a few days i think because it didn't linger in our bodies right i i got it back but we were 70 years old (laughs) wow and the person everybody the person that died, the 27-year-old, he was fully vaxxed, wasn't he? Is that right? And, yes. Wow. Uh, so, and, and I told everybody, by all rights, if we listened to the media and we hadn't done our homework, we would have been, someone would have been planning our funerals. And it seems like you did the exact opposite of what the media is telling you to do. Um, That's right. The vaxxed person, and, and I'm not, this is ancillary evidence, but you're telling a story we're not allowed to hear. You're telling a story that people say does not, cannot happen. What do you think about the idea that the media, along that same media that's been pushing this narrative, tells people that the vax works, but you should be afraid of people who are unvaxxed because they can give it to you? Huh? That's another thing. I'm thinking, okay, so you get the flu, and when you get over the flu, you don't go out and get a flu vaccine. But they say once you get COVID, you still need to get a vaccine, and that doesn't make sense. And as you listen to the doctors, they say that's one of the most dangerous setups you could have, Mm. is to have immunity, natural immunity, and then give that spike protein into your body 
And then that's when possibility of a cytokine storm where your immune system starts fighting itself and you can go into cardiac arrest and other things and die. You know, there was not one clean animal study done on this vaccine. I even hate to call it a vaccine. Mm. It's a jet because it doesn't hold to a vaccine. But with, with they did monkeys. No, they didn't do monkeys. They did, um, I can't remember the animals. I did cats and um, another one. But Poor what, cats. cats. Oh, poor cats. And I can't remember the other. Yes. That's my mind. I'm sorry. It's all right. But they did fine when they got the shot. But when they were exposed to the live virus, they all died. Oh, my. Because their body went into a cytokine storm. I had What's a, a cytokine storm? I've never even heard it's, that before. A cytokine storm is when your body, your antibodies, start fighting antibodies, and oh. it causes a storm in your... I'm not doing a good job medically of explaining this, uh-huh. but there's a storm in your body where your antibodies are overactive. Overactive. That's kind of what allergies are. You know, yeah. I've had allergies my whole life, and that's how it's explained to me that you have an overactive immune mm-hmm. system that treats certain things that aren't harmful as harmful and tries to fight it off, puts out all this histamine, and uh, yeah. and that's what makes gives you all the sniffles and the symptoms and the wheezing and the coughing because it's saying, well, something is not right here. So I get what you mean. And let me just say for the record, every single citizen in this country is being confronted with deciding for themselves, what is this? Should I take this? Should I take that? What medical professionals should I contact? Up until less than two years ago, almost two years ago, every individual had that right even something super healthy like spinach, we had a right to say yes or no to. Yes. You know, to be forced to do anything to ingest or put into our bodies, whether it's healthy or not, and there seems to be a fair amount of suppressed information that this is harming a lot of people, but somehow our government doesn't want us to know or talk about it. Nothing could be more suspicious than that. Sorry, I just had to say that. Yes. Dr. Robert Malone, who was one of the originators of the mRNA um, that spike protein, he himself says that it's not safe. He has had adverse reactions. He said what we believe this would do did not do. It traveled over the body. We didn't think it would. Hmm. We thought it would to the muscle and it would die off and that would be it. And, you know, it is a spike protein. And that's why there's so much clots. So many people are having blood clots because it has a spike. And when it goes through the vessels, it actually damages the walls of the blood vessels, causing irritation and blood clots. Sharon, this is amazing. I mean, you're not a medical person. You seem to understand and explain it better than certainly certain unelected bureaucrats named Fauci. We have about a minute and a half left, believe it or not. The time has gone so quickly. I'm so honored to talk to you, and you're an inspiration to people 
everywhere who can step up, who can stand up for friends and family and relatives. What's your final thought as we uh, leave you? We'll have to maybe uh, have you on again and give us an update. But for now, what would you tell people? Well, I would tell them that, for instance, look at the FLCCC. And it is the frontline COVID-19 critical care doctors and look at their protocols. And there's Dr. Zelenko has a treatment protocol website. These are websites. They can find it so that they can be aware of what they can do to help themselves and their family and friends. Yeah. Well, Um, you're an inspiration. I apologize. We have to leave it there. But Sharon Polk, a Texan, a Christian, a an active community member who just took it upon herself to uh, help her friends and family is something we can all do. We can be like she is. We don't take no for an answer, and we've never been a follower. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sharon, for joining us. We so appreciate it. Stand strong. Yes, yes, that's what I say, stand strong. That about does it for this edition of Spouting Off. Have a wonderful week. We'll have a special presentation next week, the day after Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to everyone at BBS and K-Star Radio Network. And as she says, stay strong.